0: When parents can no longer live safely in their homes, a son or a daughter might say, often without thinking it through, but out of genuine love, why don't we have mom and dad move in with us? Or maybe someone in the family might say, we should start looking at assisted living facilities for mom and dad. Or an independent living facility. Which is all well and good, but those are expensive options. And the reality is, most people don't want to leave their homes. They want to stay put and remain active. It's called aging in place, and if you're a baby boomer, you're on intimate terms with this phrase. Well, recently a new model has emerged for aging in place, and it's gaining traction. This new model is epitomized in the work of Arlington Neighborhood Villages, or ANV. It's a nonprofit organization located in Arlington, Virginia. And today, I'm happy to be joined by ANV's program manager, Kim Sands, Kim, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Before we get into the work of Arlington Neighborhood Villages, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved with uh, Arlington Neighborhood Villages?
1: I've lived in Arlington um, since the mid '80s, and um, very familiar with the community and stuff. And I've worked at you know various. Um, other organizations as uh, project manager, uh, senior management, et cetera. Um, Not a lot of background in aging, but I had been staying home with my kids and doing some consulting and stuff on the side. And my grandmother, who lives near Detroit, Michigan, who's 96 years old now, um, we were looking for some services for her, for a a village for her, because she wanted to stay in her house and which her which my grandfather had built for her and she'd lived there you know for many many years mm-hmm. um, but i was unable to find a village in that in that in that neighborhood um, but i did come across a posting for a position here at Arlington neighborhood villages and so i took the opportunity to uh, pursue that a bit further
0: hmm and you're from the detroit area originally
1: i'm actually an army brat so oh okay i live in a lot of places my mom is from detroit mhm and this was this is her mom who is still living but she did because of some health issues just this past 2 months ago i think mm-hmm. moved into assisted into assisted living which as you mentioned a few minutes ago is one of is one of the things that family members do consider for their for their aging loved
0: ones right but she um went in at a pretty late age for uh, an assisted living facility uh, yes, so absolutely. she held out for a long time huh <laughs>
1: <laughs> she, she absolutely did. She did. And um and she's doing great. I mean she's getting the help and care that she needs. And, you know, she still mentions the fact that she wants to go she wants to go back home, et cetera, but you know, she loves the fact that she gets bathed every day. She loves the fact that um somebody's there giving her physical therapy every day. You know, there's just a lot of services that um were not available for her at home.
0: Mm-hmm. Mhm. And you mentioned looking for a village, and that's a really specific term. I know on your website I read that the village movement itself isn't so new that it began in Boston's Beacon Hill in 2001. So that's a concept that has a precedent that you're building on. Can you kind of explain a little bit more about the village concept and and also talk about when Arlington Neighborhood Villages was founded
1: yeah, um, the village concept is really trying to build a community for senior citizens. So in today's, in today's environment, you know, a lot of the families that used to live together to help each other out through the generations, not everybody's around anymore. Mm-hmm. So we still need the help from our, from our friends and neighbors. And most villages are built on volunteers providing services to senior citizens and around their community, and Arlington Neighborhood Villages, well, Arlington is a big area with, you know, densely populated. Our idea is to have the administration that is, you know, scheduling the services for our members, filing the taxes, having the corporation, all the administration things that it takes to run an organization be done in one place. Mm-hmm. and still have um, the ability for a neighbor to provide a service to their neighbor, to their, to their aging neighbor. And sometimes that works great, where we have a lot of our biggest service right now is drive, is drivers, mm-hmm. people needing transportation to places. In not every neighborhood do we have as many drivers as we have members. So some of the drivers do come from other neighborhoods. So, for example, um, Collins Springs area, we may have three or four members there that need rides but not all of the people that provide rides are available in that area. So Mm -hmm. we pull from all of Arlington and we even have some volunteers outside of Arlington that give our members rides or do other things for them too. help them program their phones, Mm -hmm. help them, uh, you know, learn about their television and how their television remote works and, you know, just, just various things, bringing up things that are for the summer from the, from the basement and um, bringing them back down uh, when summer ends. You know, mm-hmm. just various things that you tend to do day to day without really thinking about that as you age, you have more difficulty.
0: hmm Arlington is a pretty big county. I think there's like 50, 55 neighborhoods. There's Ballston and Claremont and Penrose and all of those different neighborhoods. So... It sounds like you're saying there's not necessarily a village quote unquote for every neighborhood but there's like these clusters where you have members in different neighborhoods that you serve uh from a central hub where you sort of send out volunteers is that right
1: That that is right. Okay. And um a lot of people call it a hub and spoke but we're finding as we as we grow that our hub and spoke model is not quite the same as everybody else cuz we don't really have a local village, a complete village in each neighborhood, as, as you mentioned. So really what we're finding is that it's more about the community connections and the socialization that happens in the individual areas that attract our members. So, for example, there's four neighborhoods that are together, and they've come together to create what they're, what they're calling is a local village. But those, that's more around the socializing model. And then on top of that, um, at our office, you know, if they need services, they call into our office. And we provide, you know, the volunteers that they need or information that they may need, referrals, that kind of stuff
0: mm-hmm. for them. And what's the age group that you serve, basically? What's the population?
1: Um, 55 and older. Okay. It's actually and pretty a, young. It <laughs> is, it is, and our, and our village compared to a lot of other villages is young because it's, you know, as, as you mentioned, it's a, a relatively new concept, and some of our, our older um, residents in Arlington don't really know about Arlington neighborhood villages or the villages concept, so it's getting, we're getting the word out. Right now we have 20-some that are 80 and older. Oh, okay. Including one that's 103.
0: Wow. <laughs> Where, where'd you go? That sounds great. You talked a little bit before about some of the services that you provide, and I understand you also sponsor events and educational programs. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, one of the um, programs that we're really working on right now is fall prevention. Fall is one of the biggest things that impacts elderly people. So we're, we're developing a program with some partners to help educate our members about how to prevent falls. That includes home modifications, You know, making sure that you don't have hazards within your home, balancing, how to, how to balance, how to fall. You know, mm-hmm. In case there's inevitable hmm. that you're going to fall, how to actually fall. So those are one of the things that we're working on, working on now. We have some of those things in place already, um, but we're working to make that into a, a little bit more robust program. We've also, we have some of what we call affinity groups, we have members that get together and talk about an opera that's going to be shown. So they talk about it the night before, and then the next day they go to like Boston, Boston Common Mall where they're showing the Met play, show of, a, of um, an opera. So that's one of the things we do. We do monthly dine rounds where a group of members get together and go to different restaurants, try different foods. And in fact, this month they're going to try out Uzbekistan. Food right here in uh, Boston Commons area. Uh-huh. Do ta- Tai Chi once a week. It's free for members and non-members to come try out Tai Chi. There's coffees and conversation. Every two weeks we send out a listing of all the activities that we have in the village.
0: So the members can choose to participate them or not, and then if they need assistance getting there, the volunteers step in. Is that how it works? Yeah, if
1: they need assistance um, getting to any one of our events or any one of the county's 55-plus programs, they call into the office and we will set them up with a ride.
0: Wow, that's really great. So, uh, let's talk about volunteers. How many volunteers do you have and do you train them or and screen them and how how does that work?
1: Yeah, we do. We um, We train and screen every one of our volunteers that has contact with our members, either contact directly with them or contact with their personal information. So all of our all of our volunteers um, for direct service are vetted, and if they're driving, then we also have their driving records checked. And as far as numbers go, we try to do for every three members, we have two
0: volunteers. And are these young people or is it a mix sort of of ages it's, of volunteers?
1: It's a mix, and most of our members are also volunteers.
0: Oh, okay. So what is the membership now? You were founded in 2014, is that correct, in April of 2014? We mm-hmm. did, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And the goal was at that point to have 50 members when they opened the doors. And mm-hmm. I think they opened, because I started in August. When I, when I joined in August, we had around 50 members.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: now we're at about 110, 115.
0: That's pretty high, actually.
1: It is. And the other thing is is that it's a yearly membership. So every year we're going to go through this renewal process. And April, which we just went through, is our biggest renewal month because that's when our uh, founding members and all that started. And we had well over 95% of our members rejoin.
0: Oh, that's a satisfied customers.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so what, is it, what does it cost to be a member
1: um, it's $500 for a year for a single membership, mm-hmm. um, and that's for full membership. So if you want to want to have the direct services, then that's $500 a year. For another household member, it's another $250 on top of that. So it would be $750 for a two-person household, and that's for full membership. If you want to do associate membership, either single or um, household, it's $500 a year. And of that, I think about $250 is tax deductible.
0: Oh, that's good. So, what do you get um, as a full in- member that you don't get as a partial member?
1: Uh, rides to events.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, someone to come and sit and chat with you. Someone to um, come and check out your light bulbs and your house and to make sure everything is that you can still stay there because we do have a um, home fit service that we provide to our full members. Mm-hmm. You know, just to make sure there's no hazards and that kind of stuff in their in their house as they as they age.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds like that entitles the member to have someone more or less on call for any number of needs. Do you have people who end up going over in the middle of the night to houses? Uh, have you had any emergencies or anything?
1: We, we have not, um, no, and good. we're not 7 by 24. Okay. We are because we're not doing the daily living If you need help bathing and those types of things, that's beyond what our volunteers do Mm -hmm. and what our volunteers are qualified to do. And we ask that services be asked for three days in advance. I mean, there are things that come up and could happen, so we do try to accommodate. But it it is at times hard to find the volunteers at a certain day and time. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny enough, but our members like rides on Thursdays, and our volunteers (laughs) are busy on Thursdays. So Thursdays are hard for us. Uh-huh. Um you know so you, you begin to notice these sort of these sort of little patterns
0: sure that happen. sure so the membership fees, I'm guessing comprise some of the funding. so how do you get your funds out other than membership?
1: um when we started in April of last year, we did ask the county to provide funding, and they provided us thirty thousand dollars to get our organization going to help hire hire me mm-hmm. and you know just get things rolling. And as a part of that, we also provide our membership with the 55-plus program, which allows access to the gym and access to their programs that they put on as well. You know, nutritional eating habits, TED Talks, just different, different programs and stuff that the county puts on.
0: I see. The kind of cool thing I think about this is that it's really expanding the definition of family to mean caring for someone even if they're not related to you either because, you know, the blood relatives don't have the capacity or they aren't available or maybe they're just tapped out. It's like a a model of living for the entire community that is bottom-up. And your board members and staff are really, it looks like, really committed to the success of Arlington Neighborhood Villages. Are these folks who have lived in the community for a long time as a matter of course?
1: I would say that most of them have lived here for 20 years or more and the dedication to me is absolutely unbelievable. I am the only paid person that works at Arlington Neighborhood Villages. Everybody else is a volunteer. And mm-hmm. any time that it that something is needed or questions asked or whatever, our board members and our planning team, they all step up. I mean, it's just it is incredible to me the amount of time and energy that every single one of our volunteers puts into the organization. They are dedicated, and I think it's driven from a sense of community. People want to help each other. People feel good about helping. and Our volunteers can't say enough about our members, and our members can't say enough about volunteers. I mean, it's just, it is great to just be a part of it, to hear on the phone when a member calls in for a service or calls back in to give feedback on a volunteer, because every single service we require that the, we get feedback from both the volunteer and from the member. And the feedback is always extremely positive, even if, you know, something happens, there's traffic, or a doctor appointment takes longer. You know, it's just, it's amazing.
0: So the volunteers actually go to the, to the appointments and sit and wait and um, sort of help the member sort of navigate the process
1: yeah, and more often than yes, they don't have to stay, mm-hmm. but more often than not, the volunteer does stay. They generally drop off the person at the front door and then say that they'll come around and they will meet them inside. Um, we have a couple of members that are... That are uh, um, blind so they require a little bit more assistance and the volunteers are happy to take you know and guide and guide them take you know grocery shopping whatever it is that they need we have, we have one member that um, likes to do grocery shopping once a week but can't carry his groceries in up and into his apartment so the volunteer goes grocery shopping and then helps the member bring the groceries back into the house and put them away mm-hmm. you know it's just it's, it's like you said it's a it's a it's a family I mean this is what you would do For your
0: family, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that the members get quite attached to these volunteers as well, and you have really nice little relationships that form. Maybe they request the same one over and over.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They do. We try. We try to discourage the special requests, but yes, the members. The members do and we recently had one of our volunteers um get relocated with his job and that was hard for a few of our members that were attached to, mm-hmm. to this volunteer i mean he, he drove people a lot of places and did a lot of home services for them mm-hmm. so, yeah it it is it's a connection definitely
0: mm-hmm. a lot of tearful goodbyes there <laughs> yeah exactly. well i mean especially yeah. because older folks really like consistency and and change is hard for anyone, but especially for older folks.
1: I think I think that's very true, and I think that's what's true about people having to move into a different setting as they age.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it can
1: be it can be upsetting to them. Um, Mm So, yeah.
0: Have you had to deal with family members who disagree with the members living situation or have you had to step in at all and say, but this is really what they want?
1: No, as of of yet, we have not. I'm sure that there are some villages that have because, as I said, um, our village is pretty young. We do have some of our members live with younger family members, and those younger family members are extremely grateful for us being there to help their mom or their dad or, you know, whatever the situation is. Because these people travel, they have jobs mm-hmm. it's really hard when you're when you're working, <laughs> and around here people work a lot of hours
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to be able to work and take care of your loved one. We do have those situations
0: when you were or uh, first uh developing this particular uh, village, did you base it on a model that um y- you wanted to replicate? It sounds like you kind of tailored a pre-existing model to the needs of this particular county. Where did you take your model from?
1: We have a member organization, a parent member organization that we belong to called Village to Village. And many villages across the country belong to this network, V2V. And we got a lot of assistance from other villages that are in in V2V. As I mentioned we began right and I'm saying we it's actually Arlington neighborhood villages because the people that started this, I was not part of the starting of it mm-hmm. they did a tremendous amount of work before even opening the doors I mean things were <laughs> things were nailed down pretty well before mm-hmm. they started and they started with the what they call the hub and spoke model and as and that's what they opened their doors with with this understanding that that's what they were going to go for. but as I said as we got into it, we really realized that that wasn't really our model, so we're really developing and involving and being flexible for our members' needs.
0: Mm -hmm. Is the hub-and-spoke model more prevalent, and what exactly is that? Can you define that for the listeners?
1: Yeah, the hub-and-spoke model is like a contract. So I'm trying to think, like in in Michigan, and this is sort of what I was running into, is that when I was looking for something for my grandmother, is that they have like a, a parent organization that helps smaller local villages get started, and that village parent organization they belong to VDV. But it's sort of like I don't want to say a franchise, but to me it's sort of like that. Mm-hmm. They help you understand how to start an organization, how to file your taxes, what software to set up, how to take you know service requests, that kind of thing. And those would be the spokes. I see so the hub. The spokes would go back to the hub and ask questions and you know, sort of get the cookie cutter. This is how you do things. This is how you recruit members. This is how you recruit volunteers, that kind of thing. And what we found as we moved along, we weren't really needing that kind of thing because we weren't wanting our what we call local villages to, to do service requests. We weren't wanting them to you know, file their own taxes and you know, have their own corporation, that kind of thing. It was more of a loose structure mm-hmm. where they rely on us for the services. We, we rely on them for the direct contact with the members to know how they're doing and the, the more personal socialization kind of things that that everybody needs.
0: Mm-hmm. So not having to deal with things like filing taxes probably allows them to focus more on on serving their constituents, as it were. Um yeah that's exactly right. so what can people do to get involved with your organization? You said there are different membership categories. Can people buy a membership for their parents and and uh, do they have to live in Arlington to be eligible?
1: All of our members have to live in in Arlington, okay, and to get involved, I mean you can buy a membership for your parents, but keep in mind that we have to have the parents' permission. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are situations where sometimes people want to buy it for their parent, and their parent doesn't know, and they don't want them to know. But we're very huh. open about what we do and how we help, and it needs to be, to be a whole open conversation between everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get involved, yeah, you can join. You can become a volunteer. We're always looking for volunteers to help out. I mean, from everything from providing direct services to our members to um, helping us get our, our marketing word out there, um, social media, helping with events and with fundraising, all that kind of stuff. There's a whole gamut of things that go on with running an organization or donating to our organization financially.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think are the greatest challenges as you've gone along?
1: I think one of our challenges that we have right now is technology. And, you know, how do we capture our service requests from members? And as we grow, how do we How are we still able to keep up the requests and get them out to our volunteers and find our volunteers? Because it can be time-consuming without the right technology to help get it done effectively and efficiently.
0: Mm -hmm. So the way that it works now is that that you're dependent mostly on on the phone for the requests and, and, and feedback and that sort of thing. Is that what you're saying?
1: Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we do we do have um, systems that help us, but those systems are limited. And as we as we move on and as we grow, they're going to get more lim. You know, it's going to be more limiting. And so that's that's one of the things. And the other thing is is just growing as our as our membership grows. It's a challenge, but. To me, that's the, the enjoyment of it. Understanding what it is that our members need, like the fall prevention program that we're we're working on now. Understanding that and helping develop it and helping to get that out there to our to our members. And you know, what's the next thing that's going to be that we're going to need? We'll find that out as we go, as we talk to our members and our volunteers. What are, what are they seeing? But so continuing to be flexible mm-hmm. for our members.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds so. very organic.
1: Yeah, it it is. It really <laughs> is because, you know. By 2030, I think one in five of us is going to be 65 and older. So we really need to have things in place to right. help each other.
0: <laughs> the need for services is going to expand incredibly. Um, so. That's
1: true. Cause, I mean, I don't know about your, your families, but my family, the generations as you move down, like my grandmother, both my grandmothers on each side had nine-plus children. You know, my mom and dad, they had five-plus children, you know, Mm -hmm. siblings, I should say. And then my parents, it was just my brother and I. And Mm -hmm. then with us, we have two kids as well, so the numbers dwindle that way, too. So you've got to expand out.
0: That's right. The number of helpers is dwindling. And on top of that, you know, the reality is, is that having a family member move in with you places a huge burden on caregivers and not without a sincere, as I mentioned before, a sincere uh, desire to take care of that parent. But it changes the whole dynamic of the house. And so the alternative is, you know, an assisted living facility or independent living, but they're so expensive. And right, um, exactly. they're also sort of a little bit more transactional based. And it just seems to me that the village model that your organization is advocating and is uh, implementing is just so much more um, holistic, in a way, and maybe even cost-effective, <laughs> you know? I mean, $500 a year for 750 even, for full access, m- more or less, to a range of services is certainly less expensive than a year at an assisted living facility, even in a rural community, you know? Oh, my
1: gosh. Absolutely. I mean, it ends up being less than $10 a week. I mean, that's less than one cab ride. Even if you're in Arlington County, where if you're 70 and older, you could have price cab rides. You know, that pays for itself pretty quickly. Having somebody come over and fix your leaking toilet, that right there pays for a whole year.
0: Incredible. (laughs)
1: $500 a year, to me, is more than worth it. And for some people, it's it's an insurance. A few of our members don't use the services. They still pay, Mm
2: -hmm. but they don't
1: use it. But they like the fact that if something does happen, they can use it, and it's easy to transfer from an associate member to a full service member. Mm-hmm. We do interviews, you know, when you first join, regardless of which type of membership you want. Mm-hmm. Um, an assessment, some, sort
0: of. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and some and a couple of our members just recently switched from being an associate member to being a full member because one of them had a stroke, and now they're needing more more assistance mm-hmm. um, and the rides to PT. You know, PT happens two, three, four times a week. Yep. and it's the rides that we give are more comforting and more reassuring to our members than a cab, just because you get that. You know, you get that personal connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Although, if you get a friendly Uber driver, they, they, they're into conversation and.
1: <laughs> yes. and yeah and, that's, and that is that is absolutely true yeah and some of our um, other local villages around the area some of them have contracts with cab companies in huh. case they can't get a ride for one for their members they contract with the cab company to, to get them to where they need to be you know that's a lot of what we struggle with who's available who can give a ride mm-hmm. um, we ask for three days notice some organizations ask for five days notice
0: three days is very reasonable And yeah. what and what yeah. do you do if you can't find the driver
1: Well, the only time that we have not been able to fill a service request was a huge storm, like in March, I want to say.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, again, it was a Thursday. We had a lot of rides and everything scheduled, and a lot of them got canceled. Mm -hmm. Well, what they do is they do reschedule for the next week. I see. So that next week, we were unable to fill one of the rides.
0: Oh, well. So, you know,
1: that's not not bad. Yeah, that's not (laughs) not not a bad bad batting average. So, you know, we have a couple of, like I said, our board members and our planning team, they give it their all. So if we are in a crunch, we will call board members. They're all vetted. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. have, you know, all their background checks and all that stuff, and we will call them and say, hey, you know, do you mind? And they're like, no, that's fine. We'll do that.
0: That's pretty unusual for a board member to get involved like that.
1: It, it is. You know, I, I have to say our board members are hands-on, not only from, you know, the stepping in, and we don't do it often, but we, we have done it, stepping in and giving a ride, to putting together our brochure, to putting together the, the programs that we, that we have, to, you know, recruiting volunteers, to helping out at an event.
0: They mm-hmm. are
1: extremely hands-on.
0: That's really great. And how many board members do you have?
1: Seven. We just brought on a new board member and we're, that's another way people can help too. We are looking for more for more board members. Uh, we just brought on a new board member to help with fundraising.
0: When you have your volunteers coming in, they're doing some things in the house, but you're also recommending vendors, right? You're not necessarily having them do all the housework that's needed.
1: Right. One of the other things that we are working on is prefer- Preferred Vendors Program, and we don't have that in place yet. Some of the other villages do, and this is where some of the people start getting into the 7x24 in case you need a plumber or in case you need this or you need that. We don't have that yet, but we, will, we do get Washington Checkbook. Um, mm-hmm. All of our members receive that, either hard copy or electronic. Or they can call the office, and we can go through the Washington's Checkbook with them to determine they need a new roof or whatever. These are the top roofers in the area, mm-hmm. um, and we'll give that we'll give that list to them.
0: Let me ask you: If you have a senior who has got some cognitive impairment and doesn't know how to ask for help, do you check in on people like who fit into that category? How do you uh, deal with somebody like that?
1: Every single time that a volunteer meets with or does, you know, something for a member. We call them and ask them questions. You call the, the volunteer exactly. You call the volunteer. Yes.
2: Okay. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Was the member ready? I see. Um was the member dressed appropriately? Were they able to, you know, navigate successfully? Did they converse with you? You know, that kind of thing. Was there anything out of the ordinary? And there are times when things seem a little mm, different. And that's when I get involved and I will call the member and I will talk to the member and see what's going on. In a couple of situations, it's just been, you know, I had a cold and I was just recovering from that or, you know, yeah, I've been a little tired and lonely lately kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's just, it varies. But as we, and we haven't had it yet, but as we get down, get down the road, and we start to notice things change a little bit more, that's when we start getting involved with Department of Human Services or their, their emergency contacts. Because in the initial interviews, when I said that either associate members or full members, they get interviewed. So we want to know what does a member want us to do in certain situations.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you want us
1: to do if, you know, you don't show up for an appointment? What do you want us to do if we notice something is just not quite right? And our members have been very clear about what they want.
0: hmm so you're constantly sort of tweaking the the needs. It sounds like I mean, you. It's great that you have uh, the volunteers reporting back because you need that objective input, um,
1: right? And right. in our office and our office volunteers sort of get you know a little. Oh my gosh, do I really need to do that? Because it's time consuming. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because um, we do it both for the members and for the volunteers. We do it for the members to find out how our volunteers are doing, but also to find out how our members are doing they love the service they love what they what they get out of it someone to come in and change a light bulb for them someone to come in and hang up their winter curtains and then take their winter curtains down in the summertime you know mm-hmm. they just can't they can't say enough positive things about mm-hmm. about all that and it's it's the connections
0: you know i come from a family of lawyers so i'm ov- i'm i'm just itching to ask this question <laughs> if you face any liability issues if you for instance um, you know, drop someone off and they say, we'll get a cab home. Do you sort of go, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, we, and
1: we do. We, um, we train our volunteers to not do those things unless we are comfortable and confident that the member is going to be safe and they understand what they're doing and where they're going. And we, we have insurance that's sort of a backup behind our, our volunteer's own insurance, you know, mm-hmm. honor insurance and that kind of stuff, and we have liability insurance. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is a question, and we do tell our volunteers that they should feel comfortable in saying no to requests or calling into the office and checking to making sure that this is something that can and should be done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we, we have one, one member that we know, every single time he goes to the doctor, he wants to be dropped off to go grocery shopping when he's done. <laughs> Oh, uh, but he doesn't he doesn't say that up front.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. He's he's so, angling for a twofer without telling yeah, anyone.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, we just say when you call the member and ask them about the service, just say, "Hey, do you think you're going to want to go grocery shopping?"
2: Uh-huh. You know.
1: Uh-huh. Cuz if you are, I can do it. Or because if you are, then I'm probably not going to have time, you know. So Don't spring so this on at least me. the conversation started.
0: <laughs> right. Are your yeah. pa- are your parents local? I I can't remember.
1: They are. They are local. Uh-huh. Um, are they members it, of AnV? They, they are not. No, they're not in um, Arlington County. Because okay. if they were, I would make them be members. Uh-huh. Um, they're in uh, Loudon County, and my parents are running into a situation now where they are, you know, physically unable to do some things for themselves. My mom has had shoulder replacement surgery, and she has has trouble trouble driving herself mm-hmm. places and in fact I haven't seen her drive in I don't know five years oh my <laughs> Something like that uh-huh. yes and um, my dad was just diagnosed with what is that called oh my gosh it's water on the brain for adults he's going through that stuff
2: uh-huh. so
1: th- those are the things that I'm looking at now uh-huh. being, you know we've got my grandmother situated now my parents so it's um,
0: it's a lot for you to think about
1: yeah, it's a lot for me to think about. It is, and it's a lot for them to think about.
0: Yeah, you know, sure. How are
1: they? How are they going to manage through all this? And what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. You know those things that you had mentioned earlier. You know, are there villages out there in Loudon County? And what services does Loudoun County provide? You have know, you had those conversations ready? with them? We've started having those conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're difficult conversations.
0: Sure, to have, absolutely. Because
1: um, they're they're young. I mean, they're in their seventies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's uh, it's hard, but they're starting to get their uh, their things in order.
0: You know? mm-hmm. And they're living in the house that. How long have they been in that house that they're in?
1: For almost twenty years. They both quit their jobs and moved out here when my um, when my son was born. So I shouldn't say twenty years, fifteen years.
0: So they're they probably don't want to move either, right?
1: <laughs> they, they don't want to move. They don't want to move out of the area, that's for sure. But my mom and dad both realize that they live in a huge house out in Loudoun County. They both realize that they can't continue to take care of a house that's that big anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you starting to retrofit their house? <laughs>
1: that's one of the options that's being discussed they don't have a bedroom and bathroom full on the main level most houses don't i was reading something i think that less than 10 percent or something around here do you know
0: well um i want to wrap this up because i don't want to take too much more of your time but i wanted to ask you one last thing and that is uh what have you learned through this experience about yourself uh, if anything, uh, and and you know, sort of touch on that a little bit since your involvement with Arlington neighborhood villages, what have you? What have you learned?
1: Um, I've learned I've learned a lot. Mostly, I feel that I've learned that there's a lot of support and there's a lot of services out there. It may not always be apparent, but you have to you have to reach out and you have to find something that is going to work for you and for your family and for your situation. And there's a lot of compassionate people out there. You know, it's, it's uh, easy to, to not see that when you're driving to work and, uh, you mm-hmm. know. And, but that is one thing that Arlington Neighborhood Village is, is full of, is compassionate, compassionate people that are dedicated to what it is that they, that they do. So that's been refreshing. And our members they're also wonderful and very appreciative of what it is that they, that they receive for the for the money that they pay. $500 to a senior citizen can be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We also, just a side note I didn't mention, we also offer um, financial assistance so that pe- members that can't afford to pay the membership fees. we'll take a look at their tax returns and determine if they qualify mm-hmm. for, for for
0: a scholarship. You know, I just so, realized that one of the things that, older folks really have a problem with is asking for help. I mean, I think we all have a problem asking for help. We're such a self-determined nation. You know, we're, the individual is really um, prized, an individual being able to do things for yourself. And it's hard for folks to ask for help so I should imagine that your recruitment efforts would involve, to some extent, actually going out into the neighborhoods. Is that do you go out and say, do you folks need help, or do you kind of just step back and let the members come to you?
1: It kind of works. It kind of works both ways. I mean, there are neighborhoods that where we are not in in Arlington
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, we're not in all the neighborhoods that Arlington has. I think we're in a, just maybe about half of them, maybe a little more than half, but our smaller community networks they are there reaching out because they know they know their neighbors they know the people that live in and around them and then as they get more members and not everybody that comes to the meetings and comes to the coffees and stuff that they have are necessarily members but they also um, are aware of Arlington Neighborhood Villages and then they start you know looking out and talking to their neighbors and that kind of stuff so it really is everybody being aware and sort of keeping an eye on on our senior citizens that are out there that may that may need help, talking to them, and not necessarily pushing Arlington Neighborhood Villages on them because that may not be the right solution for them, Mm -hmm. but making them aware that there are services out there. And Arlington Neighborhood Villages is a great place to start and to find out maybe there's other services that are needed.
0: So where can folks go to get more information about your um, organization?
1: We have a website. It's www.arlnvil.com org, So again, it's A R L N V I L dot org. Or they can call our office 703 509 8057. And you can also just go online and Google Arlington Neighborhood Villages or Arlington Vill- Villages. And I believe we're also listed on the county's 55 plus website.
0: Great, great. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add that I didn't get to or any takeaway? that you'd like to offer?
1: No, I, I really appreciate you having me having me on and um, getting an opportunity to talk a little bit about Arlington neighborhood villages and just want to say thank you.
0: Kim Sands, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got work to do. So thanks again for taking the time.
1: Alright great thank you. Okay very much. Kim, take care. <laughs> you too. Bye 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 bye.
0: That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. I'd love to know what you thought about today's show. You can email me at Jana at agewise.com. That's J-A-N-A at A-G-E-W-Y-Z or Z, as my Canadian mother says. You can also find me online at agewise.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast and download any episodes for free on iTunes. You can also listen to the podcast on Stitcher. I'm Jana Panoritas. See you next time. Until then, age well. Agewise.